Greetings, I'm Tom Hensky, the host of The Affluent Advisor. With almost three decades under my belt in working with advisors, I've found that the best way to stay current on our craft is through peer-to-peer education. It's always a great feeling when we can learn something new or just brush up on that planning technique that we haven't thought about in a while. But where do we as personal finance, tax, and estate planning experts go to sharpen the saw? The Affluent Advisor is a place where advisors, whether they be accountants, attorneys, insurance professionals, or financial planners can come to get small bite-sized pieces of information from our peers to keep us current and knowledgeable on a wide variety of topics. Join us on a journey to grow as practitioners, one that benefits both you and ultimately the clients that you advise. Welcome back, everyone. I have with me today Carly Brooks from John Hancock. She's an AVP and head of advanced sales. And I got to tell you, whenever I have a question where even after 27 years, I don't know the answer, I call the advanced markets folks at the insurance companies because they have the smartest people around when it comes to answering questions of how to integrate a lot of planning techniques into our clients' uh, estate plans. So you'll know that she's a certified financial planner, so she's not just an attorney. Having said that, after graduating from the University of Albany, she went to Western New England University and got both her MBA and her law degree. Probably the most educated person I've ever had on the show. So Carly, welcome. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate the introduction. Happy to be here. So let's talk. We're talking today about SLATs, which are formerly known as Spousal Lifetime Access Trusts. That's the last time you'll hear me say the whole thing. It's a SLAT. And I want to ask you this. What are some of the basic types of SLATs that people are seeing today? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a great question because slats are a really, a really, or can be a really valuable planning tool. And like you said, a, a slat stands for a spousal lifetime access trust. And we love our acronym. So we abbreviate that to a slat. And really all a slat is, is a variation on a traditional irrevocable trust or a traditional islet that can own life insurance. And so a slat at its core is a special type of trust that has provisions that gives the trustee the ability to make a distribution to a spouse during their lifetime. And so if you have a trust with slat provisions, typically the spouse is going to be a beneficiary. But what we usually will see is that the trust ultimately is to benefit other, other beneficiaries, so children, grandchildren, or other trust beneficiaries. So the beauty with a slat is there's a ton of flexibility in how we can draft these trusts. So for example, it can be drafted more broadly where you can give an independent trustee the ability to make discretionary distributions of income or principal to a spouse, or it can be limited to provide distributions to the spouse for uh, a specific purpose, health, education, maintenance, or support. So slats are a really valuable tool and we're seeing more and more usage of slats, I think because of the flexibility that it can provide in an overall estate plan. When you fund a slat with lifetime gifts to purchase permanent life insurance, it can be a really helpful way to preserve a legacy. It helps provide liquidity. And it can also help with the state equalization needs. And so that spousal access provision, Tom, what it does is it allows for the donor spouse or the person that makes the gift to the trust 
it provides sort of this indirect access to trust assets during the spouse's lifetime. And so that enables the spouse to have access to things like policy cash value. And that can be a really flexible way to incorporate some additional control into the overall estate plan. So as I hear you talking about it, I think to myself, where was this 10 or 15 years ago? Why am I just hearing about it now? Is this a new thing or a spin on an old thing? So slots aren't a new thing. Slots are, are you know, sort of a, a function of and the ability to use what we call uh, grantor trusts. And so we can, we're you know, able to use slats and, and there's you know, a lot of, I think, well-founded law in, in using these types of, this type of planning. I think really, Tom, the reason why we're seeing more and more of this is sort of twofold. So uh, we have very high lifetime exemption amounts. So that means less, less people are subject to estate taxes at the federal level. So that being said, you realize that some people may not need or may think they don't need a trust for estate planning purposes. Well, trusts provide lots of different benefits, even above and beyond tax planning. Uh, and we also know that those increased lifetime exemptions are set to come down. And so what I think we're seeing today more and more of are clients that want to incorporate trust planning into their overall estate plans because of the benefits that trust can provide but are concerned maybe around some of the, the challenges of, in, of completely losing access to those funds. So we all have this sort of concern about what happens if, I, if my, my financial needs change or my planning circumstances change and now I need access to those funds. Well, a, a trust, an irrevocable trust that has slat provisions can allow for this indirect access to trust assets. And so it provides this sort of um, additional way to incorporate flexibility into a plan. So I think that's why we're, we're hearing more about slats today, but it's certainly not a new planning tool. Okay, I get it. So now can you walk us through how these slats work? Of course. So at its basic, you're going to be you're going to be working with an attorney. So the attorney is going to be the one that drafts the slat. It's very important that you're engaging an attorney that has experience working in estate planning and has familiarity with drafting these types of trusts. Once you've engaged that attorney, the trust the trust is going to be drafted, like I said, with spousal access provisions. And so, Tom, let's assume you're the client here. So you're the trust creator. We call that person the grantor. Lots of lots of terms again. Uh, so, Tom, your spouse is the non-grantor spouse, and your spouse can be designated as one of the SLAT beneficiaries. So, Tom, you fund the SLAT, and you can fund it different ways. So the most simple way is to make a gift to the trust. And there's even a lot of flexibility with how we fund a SLAT today because of exemptions being so high. So there's really two ways you can fund the trust by making gifts. The first is that you could make what we call an annual exclusion gift to the trust, where you can gift up to $17,000 Per beneficiary each year without having to pay taxes. You can also decide to make a larger gift using some of your available lifetime exemption. And in 2023, that means your lifetime exemption is $12,920,000. So a lot of flexibility to make gifts to the trust. Once the gift has been made to the trust, the trustee has a lot of flexibility in terms of how they want to invest those proceeds. And so the trustee may decide to purchase a life insurance policy on your life to help provide additional liquidity to the trust. And the gifts to that trust can help to pay for the insurance premiums. If that's the case, now the policy might have cash value that's growing inside the trust on a tax-favored basis. And because of those spousal lifetime provisions, the trustee could make generally income tax-free distributions to the spouse from the policy cash value uh, or from other trust assets if it's permitted from the trust term. So that's where the beauty of this comes into play is that whether it's other trust assets or cash value inside of a life insurance policy, the trustee has the ability to potentially make distributions to the to the non-grantor spouse, to your spouse in that example. And then at your, at your death, 
If there's a life insurance policy owned on your life, the trust generally receives the proceeds income tax-free from both income and estate tax purposes. And so that can be really helpful to benefit trust beneficiaries on an ongoing basis. Well, you know, I'm going to ask you the question about life insurance because that's what I do. So my miserable self-interest is just going to have me ask you. So what are some of the key benefits for funding a SLAT with life insurance? Well, the key benefit really is is the death benefit. So when we think about life insurance planning at its core, it's always a protection-driven type design. And so when we think about a SLAT funded with life insurance, it's sort of a twofold benefit. So the first benefit is this income tax-free death benefits generally received both income and estate tax-free to the SLAT. And that allows for both a surviving spouse as well as other heirs, children, grandchildren to be beneficiaries of the trust. Uh, We also know that trusts pay income tax at higher, they hit the highest income tax rates sooner than individual taxpayers do. So having an income tax-free death benefit to the trust can help to offset some of the tax liabilities in the trust on other assets. It can help with liquidity, state equalization, just a ton of benefits that that death benefit can help to provide in terms of protection needs and preserving liquidity uh, for legacy planning. Secondly, uh, the benefit of a SLAT, of course, is this ability for lifetime access. And so it can provide greater flexibility and access through the SLAT provisions where you can have trust assets or, or cash value, potential cash value be distributed to the spouse. So it allows the trustee to basically have this ability to make trust distributions to provide supplemental income, maybe for supplemental retirement income, to your spouse via loans or or withdrawals. So a lot of benefits there. And then I think beyond just the life insurance, Tom, trust planning in general, we find has many benefits. And I kind of touched on this earlier. It's we, We're very focused on sort of this idea of, of estate tax planning and moving it out of your state for estate tax planning. But we see trust planning used for a lot of non-tax reasons as well. Creditor protection is a really great example of that. And so if you think about something like a SLAT or any type of irrevocable trust, there's typically two layers of creditor protection. You have creditor protection from your creditors as the grantor, but there's also creditor protection for the beneficiaries sort of against themselves. So I think of this as what I call spendthrift language, where if you have a beneficiary that you're concerned around reckless spending and you want to preserve trust assets for future generations, having that death benefit or having those funds inside of a trust Now the trust terms determine how that is going to be distributed, and that allows for greater control, greater flexibility, and greater creditor protection in many cases as well. And so you have this idea of enhanced privacy via the trust structure, greater control over the timing and manner of trust distributions. So you'll see some situations where you don't want a a beneficiary to receive funds until they reach a certain age. Maybe it's age 30, 35, or for certain purposes like education or for starting a business, the trust structure itself just allows for a lot of flexibility. Yeah. I'm thinking I don't, I want to structure mine so that my kids don't get it until they're like 200 or 300 years old. Can we, can we extend it that far out for my kids the way that they spend nowadays? Well, all right. I got to ask you this question, drawbacks of the slack. Like any tool, this is, again, really why it's important that you engage with an attorney that can talk to you about some of the pros and cons of a SLAT. But like any estate planning tool that we talk about, there are some drawbacks. You know, really the biggest, I think, drawback of a SLAT that we see is that when the spouse dies, there's no longer indirect access to the trust assets. And so that's that's important for a couple of reasons. I think it also goes to say, you know, too, if, if you're creating a trust for your spouse and then your spouse passes away before you, you're obviously going to be, those assets are irrevocable and not available to you. 
So I think, again, that's you know, something you can discuss with the estate planning attorney, and there's some ways we can sort of plan around that risk as well. There are some other complexities, I think, too, around the, the trust itself. And some of those are more complex. So things like who should serve as trustee. Uh, when, we, when you think about an irrevocable trust, it, it really does come down to, do you want to engage a professional or what we call a corporate trustee, or could a family member serve as trustee? Typically, it's not going to make sense for the spouse to or it may make sense it, you know, if you're going to have the spouse as trustee, there's some nuances around planning for that. So really important that as you're thinking about who's going to manage the trust assets as trustee, you're working with the attorney to vet that. Uh, if life insurance is going to be owned inside of the trust too, what type of policy is the most appropriate? And the big one as well is uh, divorce. So if you have a, if you divorce your spouse, then you, how are you going to plan for that as well? And is that going to be included in some of the divorce negotiations? So just important, these aren't things that necessarily preclude this as an, as um, or prevent this as an, as a planning idea, but just something to think about at the outset. And then if those situations do occur, really important that you're having an ongoing uh, discussion with the planning team, with the attorney to make sure that it's still meeting current planning objectives. I'll also just point out too, if you live in one of those community property states, so think states like Texas or California, the slot has to be drafted and funded with that in mind. So just important that again, there's some nuances depending on what state you live in as well. But, but overall, I think really the message here is that slots can be a very helpful tool in the estate planning toolbox and they just allow for enhanced control. And so there's a lot of ways that we're seeing these implemented today that can really be helpful to clients. Well, that's amazing. You just summarized a five-hour topic in probably 10 or 15 minutes, Carly. You are amazing. Talk about simplifying <laughs> the complex. You just did that's it. That's what we like to do. Take the take the complex and make it simple. That's great. Well, you did you did that. You did that and then some. So I'll put all your contact information in the show notes. Uh, maybe I'll even put a link to John Hancock's website where they might find some information on this. But thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, it's It's been my honor. And, you know, like I said, you're taking complex things, making it simple, but there are some complexities. It's important that we have these conversations with the planning team, uh, but we're, we're always happy to be a resource as well. Uh, so thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate it. And you probably have a disclosure for us, don't you? I do. I have I have to read my, my quick disclosure, but it's important. So this material is for informational purposes only, and it does not constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants, and they do not reflect the views of John Hancock or the opinions of John Hancock. Trust should be drafted by an attorney familiar with such matters in order to take into account income and estate tax laws, and failure to do so could re result in adverse tax treatment of trust proceeds. Thank you. Wow. That sounds like you've done <laughs> that one a million times. Thank you. And thank John Hancock for everything that you do. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate it. I hope you, I hope you ever, everyone has a great day. Great. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. Please remember that any views or opinions expressed during this podcast are those of our guest and do not necessarily express those of the affluent insurance advisor. While the information in this episode may concern financial matters, it is not legal or tax advice and should not be construed as such. We encourage you to consult with your legal counsel or tax advisors on these matters. Tom Hensky is a registered representative and offers securities and investment advisory services through MML Investor Services, member SIPC, 90 Park Avenue, New York, New York, 10016, 212-536-6000.